Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. All right, so Brian is uh, my life coach. You've been my life coach for about three or four years. You wrote the book, The Ties That Bind, which we have used in our counseling certification course. Uh, for our counselors, we believe it's important that they have an understanding of soul ties. What is the soul? How do soul ties either help us, better us, or uh, keep us from moving forward to mm-hmm. where we're at? And what we are finding is when people read that book, uh, that more than getting empowered or educated, uh, they're actually getting set free. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a beautiful thing. So I'm going to kick it over to you um, to talk to us a little bit more about soul ties. So let's kind of dive into that a little bit. I think the the premise here is uh, I grew up in a church my whole life. Uh, I traveled a lot in my young life, young adult life, especially around the world. Probably spoke in hundreds of churches before I was 30 years mm-hmm. old. Maybe not hundreds, but close to it for sure. And then I experienced my healing, my own personal healing that I really did not understand was possible uh, up until the year 2000 when that really transformative process took place in my own life, that catapulted me into a season of learning, understanding, seeking. But one part I didn't speak about last week on the episode was this, is that it catapulted me through a process of grieving. Oh, this is interesting. And so... Uh, why don't you explain to folks the, the stages of grief? Uh, well, you're putting me on the spot, but let me say this about grief. Um, I, I'm, I'm kidding when I say you're putting me on the spot. What what I really want to say about <clears throat> grief is, you know, there's the stage of anger and there's the stage of, uh, I can't even Denial, think, denial anger, anger yeah. yes. Um, <clears throat> but the, the thing that I have learned about grief as a counselor over the years, and I love that you're going to be touching on um, when we grieve even a habit, a negative habit, sure, right? Sure. So what people don't realize is if I've been habitually a drug addict or I've been habitually ad- I've been addicted to porn, you would think that that person feels a sense of relief when they get they get set free from that, but they they do go through a grieving sure. process, it, right? Because it is a loss. It is a loss. So as a <clears throat> culture, as a culture, we do not teach people how mm-hmm. to lose. No, we don't. Um, especially for men. And I found that when I'm working with men, the grieving process is so foreign to them because Mm -hmm. as men, you're especially groomed to grow, to grow in the ladder, the corporate ladder, to accumulate things that as you get older, you should have more and more money. Your house should get bigger and bigger, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're taught um, how to gain things. We're taught how to win. Um, but we're never taught how to lose, even even to the point where now, in, and I use this all the time, every kid on the team gets a trophy, right? <laughs> Instead of teaching kids, you know what? There there are some days that you will win, and there are some days you will yeah. lose. Yeah. Um, and so when little Johnny, when the, the dog dies, what do we do? We replace the dog with a puppy. Mm-hmm. And so we just don't teach healthy grieving process and that there are those stages of denial and anger, all, all of the stages that we go through in grief. So for me as a counselor, I see people grieving the loss of an ideal, the mm-hmm. loss of a vision, the loss of a job. Uh, we just kind of talked a little bit about retirement. It's that loss of my work identity mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I go through all of these things. Um, so you, you got me on a rant because it's a hot topic for me talking about grief because I see where parents don't teach their children how to lose. Yeah, right. You know, and and it it's a little bit of a conundrum for me personally because spiritually we are designed to win. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so I think some of our challenge in losing is it feels counterintuitive to our spiritual design. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so I, went, I went on a tangent, but... That's fine. I'm glad you did. I enjoyed your <laughs> tangent. So l- let me kind of tie that to where I think it's fantastic what you said. Let me tie it into where I was going is that uh, my loss... Mm-hmm. coming through this season of learning, exploring, trying to understand, okay, if so many Christians are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and all this other stuff that we <laughs> teach, you know, uh, and I'm not mocking that at all because that's that's my belief system. Yeah, but it's if, not mocking if, when you if, are it. If, if that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if that is true, and it is, then why are so many people broken Miserable. Why are marriages so jacked up? Why are people so addicted to things? Why are people so literally broke financially? And so I was trying to reconcile through my own process of understanding the 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 gospel, as it were, juxtaposition with people's reality. And I got to thinking a lot about these thousands upon thousands of people that I had been on a platform speaking to them. And, and in the moment, like we were talking about in the last session, their spirit would say yes to something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then their life never seemed to reflect that. They yeah. never could get over that hump. Mm-hmm. Why is it that people would you know, make three steps forward only to find themselves a few months later having gone five steps backwards? Mm-hmm. Why did they you know, make some progress, then hit a ceiling, and then just get frustrated and discouraged? Mm-hmm. Why? And I, so a part of my grieving process was or the loss of the grieving process for me was I had to be willing to put to death mm. now think about this mm-hmm. everything that I had believed for years or everything I, I embraced yeah. for years in order to make room for God to say let me show you how this thing really works and what yeah. I desire for my people yeah. and so I went through all the stages of grief mm-hmm. one point I was going to make is I really got stuck in anger mm-hmm. Because for a season, maybe a year or two, I got so angry, Lisa, mm-hmm. thinking that we are we're teaching a gospel that is infallible, that is beautiful, that is empowering, that is glorious, it's amazing. But yet, why is that gospel not producing results? Mm-hmm. And I, I said, there's got to be an answer. So the answer was very simple. It, there was no fault in the gospel. Now, there may be some fault with the way it's being delivered or some of the interpretations people put on it. I have to say yeah. that. Yeah. But well, yeah. generally, when, when we look at the Word of God, there's not there's no fault in, in the kingdom or in the gospel mm-hmm. itself. The breakdown is not with the seed. We talked about last week how God is the seed, or the Holy Spirit is the seed. The, the soul is the womb of man. We've got to carry that thing out to full maturity and then, then birth it. And then, of course, we see the fruit of that relationship, the healthy relationship between the spirit and the soul. Mm-hmm. So the seed was not the problem. Uh, it was the, the carrier. It was the womb, the soul. So I began to really explore that. And a part of that exploration of the soul brought me to this idea of unhealthy connections, uh, unhealthy soul ties, as mm-hmm. we call them. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are places where the Scripture shows us that... that The soul of a man gets intertwined with or joined with the soul of another human being. It can be in marriage relationships, obviously. That's a good good soul tie. It can be in close friendships. Those can even be healthy and good soul ties. Certainly with siblings and parents and all these other. There's a place for healthy, good, soulish connections. God designed it that way. It is when Mm -hmm. those connections become unhealthy 
or in some way diametrically opposed to the plan of God or the invitation of God for you, that we have to begin to realize that, oh my gosh, this probably is something I need to unwind and disconnect from Mm -hmm. in order that I might begin to move in the direction I'm supposed to be going here. Mm -hmm. So that's what led me down this path on soul ties. So we've defined kind of what the soul is. It's, Mm -hmm. it's It's the mind, the will, the emotions. It's that compartment that holds the core beliefs of who you are and what you believe to be true about life, about relationships, about money, about all those things. That's your beliefs. And then a soul tie is where my mind, will, emotions, beliefs, all this stuff gets intertwined with, or, or I like to, to liken it to the matrix. It gets all, it's all one big ball of something mm-hmm. here. With the, the mind, the will, the emotions of someone else or mm-hmm. something else. And I'll explain this something later on. Uh, and so if, if I am yoked to or tied to or joined to something that is unequal, there's some scripture for you, or something that is unhealthy or something that is not aligned with God's plan and will for my life, then I am, I am working against myself, as it were. And that's kind of where we're going with this. So let's... I'm I'm going to throw out some questions to just kind of keep this relevant. You know, marriages, obviously God has designed Mm, them to be a healthy soul type. Absolutely. But it's possible to have some unhealthy soulish connections within a marriage. Can you you give us some examples of when that might be the case? Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think how I'm going to navigate this. (laughs) Without selling out our own marriages. I know, right? (laughs) here, here's the deal. So, if if I am uh, joined to my wife, and, and the scripture is very clear that I am one, we, the two shall become one flesh. So, if I am one with her, my the, my soul is completely and, and and rightfully intertwined with my wife. But if there are parts of her soul, think about this, that are intertwined with, connected to in an unhealthy way, her parents even, or uh, an old relationship, or uh, a, a person she works with, or not even another person. It could be an idea or a, a, an errant belief or a limiting belief. If her soul is completely intertwined with something that is unhealthy, and yet I'm one with her, this is how soul ties work and why they're so important. It's because I take on the characteristics and the the, the baggage, if you will, the deficits, the, the, the challenges that my spouse's unhealthy connections have. Now, I'll take it a step further outside of the marriage even. Let, let's think about this for a second. This is why promiscuity and sex outside of a marriage covenant is so dangerous and so detrimental, mm-hmm. is because if you've had one sex, sexual partner or two or three, you haven't just been with those two or three people. You have taken on actually all the stuff that belongs to everyone that they've been with. And so there's this compounding effect where over time, uh, if you are promiscuous and you allow yourself to, to just do whatever you want to do, what happens is you're taking on the soulish baggage and deficits uh, that are weighing down the person you've been with, mm-hmm. right? That's good. It, it's, a, it's a mess. Yeah. So the point is, is that, uh, let me talk about a few types of soul ties, okay? Yeah, for sure. So, I said before that all soul ties in some way have to do with relationship. It could be relationship to an individual, relationship to uh, an organization, relationship to a religious mm-hmm. uh, denomination, let's say, or a church. Mm-hmm. It could be relationship to a company. I know people that have dealt with very unhealthy soul ties 
where they were so sold out to their company or their industry that they didn't realize how their soul had become tainted with the the negative stuff mm -hmm. in that industry. So there's all these, they're all relational, but let's talk about a few yeah. kinds. Relational soul ties, then you have what I call covenants, vows, allegiances, and alliances. And that category would be marriages, would be contractual relationships, business, business. partnerships, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the vow piece, if you understand anything about vows, uh, if you've ever in your lifetime said to someone, I could never love someone like I love you, and then later on you marry somebody different, there, there's an outstanding vow that God requires us to honor, and He honors the vow. So interestingly enough, that vow keeps me attached to soulishly mm -hmm. uh, a vow I've made. And so think about this. If, I, if I've promised that or vowed that to someone else, how can I possibly give myself wholly to my own spouse? Because I've, I've committed a part of me to somebody else. So I'm married over here, but I don't have all of me to give to that person. Mm -hmm. That's a soul tie. Mm -hmm. Covenants, vows, allegiances, alliances. Allegiances and alliances could be uh, denominations or your church affiliations. Or mm -hmm. uh, in my case, I grew up in a very caustic, legalistic type uh Pentecostal environment. Uh, I've got some friends of mine, some very close friends of mine today that are that are uh, they are. I won't mention the denomination, but they're they're a denomination or a belief system that's very foreign to what I believe. They're good people. They're solid people, but they are they are wholly given to the doctrines and the theology and the ideas of this denomination. Uh, you look at Mormons and and seventh day adventist mm -hmm. or what it could be mm -hmm. this pentecostal or that Pentecostal. Uh, who knows yeah. everybody has this and people can become so given over to allegiance to something mm -hmm. that what was meant to be mm -hmm. healthy and beneficial to them becomes unhealthy and detrimental to them i'm thinking about the client that you and i met with mutually yeah, yeah. And, and there was that allegiance there with her education education and how she really relied on she went through that education during a real difficult she time. She was like married of to her it. life. Yes. And so her her education and and her degrees and all that became her hope, her anchor that she that clung it. to. Um, and so it was interesting to really kind of discover that even that could become yeah. an un un unhealthy soul tie. Yeah. This covenants, vows, allegiances, alliance piece is one of the kind of the, the sleeper uh, arenas because people don't think about I love that. I love that the, phrase. The emotional mm -hmm. Uh, connections and or allegiances that we make to mm -hmm. things and to people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in our book and in our teaching on this, we really like to explore those areas with individuals because a lot of times you are, like this lady we, that you just mentioned, a lot of times you are connected to something that you're not even consciously aware that it's, it's, it's pulling life from yes. you. Yes. It's drawing life from you. In my book, I liken it to an umbilical cord. An umbilical cord in, in biology is meant to provide and sustain mm -hmm, mm -hmm. during during the nurturing process uh, of gestation and, and the baby being carried, right? So we're talking about the soul being the carrier, right? Now, think about this. Every soul tie is like that pipeline. There's, the, there's this cord. This, good. This, That's uh, real good. The Bible calls it cords, by the way. Uh, and so... There's this cord, it's like a pipeline, and so it's either giving life to you or it's 
taking life from you. Mm -hmm. So you can literally be 15 years and 1,500 miles removed from an old relationship or an old situation or something like that. But that thing can still be drawing life yeah. from you, and yeah. you're you're unaware that yeah. that's the that that's what's causing it. Yeah. But you're living the effect of it yeah. right here today. Yeah. You know, I, I deal with so many men, women who are divorced. They're still dealing with baby daddy. They're still deal, dealing Absolutely. with baby mama, and they say, "I have forgiven them, or I've moved on." But every little thing sets them off, keeps them up at night. They're thinking yep. about it. It, it controls yep. their emotions. Oh, I can't believe they did. And that is, if you feel like you have a relationship that that you have been cut free from in the mm-hmm. natural, mm-hmm. right, circumstantially for years, but yet you still catch yourself thinking about that person, being affected by the things they are doing, being affected by the things they post on Facebook. Sure. It is quite possible you have a soul tie still with that person right. that That's needs right. to be dealt with. So, so covenants, vows, allegiances, and alliances. One of the key areas in there, of course, does have to do with with marriages. And I want to touch on that since you just mentioned it briefly. Uh, so think about this for a second. We live in a, a society here in the U.S. at least, and, and I, I would assume that worldwide in, in many Western countries at least, the stats are very similar. But it's, it's estimated that 52 to 53 percent of people uh, have been divorced or will be divorced in the next 10 years. Mm. So in some places it's even higher than that. But let's just say 50%, just to use a round number. That means you and I are going, probably can't live one day of our life without being in relationship with or connection with or in some sort of encounter with someone who's been divorced, which means they've been married before. Simple. So you get divorced. Uh, the, the, you, you negotiate the whole divorce decree, all the terms of the divorce, everybody signs the document, the judge stamps it, he, everything's finalized. And when the judge does the whole paperwork thing and it's all, your, your divorce is final, most people go about it thinking, okay, that's it, that's all I'm done. Yeah. What about sure. the vows you made? Mm-hmm. Some of us, many of us, at some sort of a Christian wedding type of an altar, right? Before God, right? Uh, so we made vows. We made promises. We, we uh, entered into a covenantal relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to tell people it's kind of like this. It's where on that day, yes, there's a license and some paperwork filed with the county you live in. But the, the more important paperwork that's filed is the paperwork that is filed in the heavenly vault where God himself recognizes the contract, the covenant that you have entered into, and he sees all the terms of that covenant that you've agreed to. And so here in the natural, we go to a a judge and we get everything worked out Mm -hmm. and we sign a piece of paper and we file a paper to say we're legally divorced. My supposition is, is that I believe that the covenant is still recognized in heaven until we deal with that. Now, I know for most of you, if, if any of you are Christians, you're grappling with, well, you know, the Bible is against divorce. I get it. Uh, we could have that discussion another day. Uh, I have my opinions about that. And we that. can have that discussion another day. Huh? <laughs> I said, yes, we can have that discussion. So there, there's, there's, there's varying viewpoints on that theologically for, for obvious reasons. But let's, let's not get off into that set of weeds right now. What I'm trying to convey to you is, is that what Lisa just mentioned a moment ago is, is that why is it then are people still so deeply emotionally tied to the past? Mm-hmm. Why is it that, for example, you might be separated from somebody who has a poverty mindset and you're divorced from them, 
and they, they're always going to struggle with money, always going to have problems. Maybe they have the money curse on their life. Who knows? And over here, you've got all the reasons in the world to be successful, prosperous, doing great. you got the smarts, the good. education, the whatever. Mm-hmm. But you can never seem to get ahead. So good. Mm-hmm. Well, newsflash. There's a very high likelihood that the, the unresolved mm-hmm. covenant paperwork mm-hmm. that still exists here, the soul tie is still present. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you are not able to perform or arrive at or realize greater results than this level mm-hmm. will allow you because you are still covenanted or tied to it. So good. So there are things that we need to transact and to do in order to free ourselves into a place of, of really functioning at the highest mm-hmm. level for which we're capable. Mm-hmm. So that's one example, divorce, the vow thing. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the church thing when it comes yep. to allegiances, sure. alliances. Now, I, I'm a church kid. I, I tell people all the time, This is my. I, I tell the story everywhere I go. Uh, the story is that my mother's water broke with me in a Pentecostal church service. So I tell people I was baptized before I knew I needed to be baptized. <laughs> Right? I'm pretty sure she screamed Jesus when it happened. I don't know. But some, something happened. The point is, all I've ever known my entire life is, is church. I love God's church. I love God's people. Uh, I honor and respect the ministries that, that lead. I think that's a part of, of the New Testament piece that we see. All those things. So what I'm about to say is not in any way a disparaging comment or thought process toward that. Understand, though, that religion is is not relationship and religion is not the gospel religion by definition is for those who are seeking god what do you do when you find him (laughs) you know so we we've kind of made a business out of religion and a lot of people become beholden to and inadvertently uh compelled to perform certain duties and functions uh in that system (coughs) excuse me and you're bless you uh, and I'm so getting some deliverance over we, here. We, I know, right? <laughs> I don't want to lay I'm hands digress. on her right here. <laughs> We're about to have a demonstration. I know, right? <laughs> the, the point is, is that I, in my experience over the last number of years, I have worked with so many people, Lisa, mm-hmm. that are in utter bondage to a religious spirit. Yes, yes. They are. They love God with all their heart. They they want to pursue God. But, but as a substitute to that, they've gotten woven into and assimilated into this other thing that looks a little bit like God, mm-hmm. talks like God, but is not necessarily yeah. the gospel. And so I'm simply saying to you, if you find yourself in a place where you just don't feel like you're, you're experiencing the fullness of God, you just, you're, doing, you're checking all the boxes. I go to church every Sunday. I, pay, I do my tithe. I do this. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. If that is your experience with the gospel, you've missed the entire point. I can so almost good. assure so you good. you're not experiencing the so fullness good. of Christ. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not speaking against you going to church. I'm simply saying that should be an expression of your relationship with God, not, not your dependency on it. it shouldn't be Codependency the, yeah. on the pulpit is one of the greatest challenges I find. Yeah, And I so we, we need to allow ourselves permission to look at that area of our life and to remedy that as well, because I want everything God has for me. I don't even want religion to stand in the way. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah, I'm absolutely. That's a touchy area. I'm trying, I'm trying to dance no, around I, it a bit. I, no, I don't need. I don't mind you dancing. I don't. I, I don't mind you jumping you don't mind me right dancing? into it. I don't mind you dancing either. <laughs> but I don't mind you jumping right in it because I think, you know, that's a part of one of the reasons why I'm always saying, "Hey, look it up. 
Look it up. Look it up. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of teaching. I'm doing a lot of training on these YouTube series, but I don't want people to just believe what I'm saying. No. Right? No. So we want to empower you. That's why we're giving right. you scriptures. We're telling you to get the book. Take a look at the passages. When he puts a verse in there, go engage with the Holy Spirit. Let him be your teacher and let God himself teach you what is true for you. So if I may, yeah. let me just, because it's a good stopping point, I think, for this episode. Let me let me recap a little bit to this yep. point. The soul, I think you understand by now if you've watched both episodes, the soul is simply that compartment of our being that contains the mind, the will, the emotions, the beliefs, uh, all the things that make up sort of the aggregate of who we are inside, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the spirit part of us is that part of us that is God, is connected to God, all that stuff. What, what we produce in that relationship between the spirit and the soul is the results we see in our lives. It's the, it's the manifestation of that relationship, okay? So that's what the soul is. Now, a soul tie is when my mind, will, emotions, beliefs, all that stuff gets entangled with or connected to or yoked to. We'll talk about yoked in the next session. Yoked to someone else's mind, will, emotions, beliefs, etc., could be their could be curses they're carrying, unresolved issues. Whatever they're carrying in their life, I get I become one. That's the key. I become one with their stuff. Mm. And so we need to address that. In the next session, I'm going to talk about the the concept of what are you yoked to? Who are you yoked to? And then we'll touch a little bit on sexual soul ties, which mm-hmm. is one of the major categories we'll deal with. I love it. I really appreciate you being here. I love you going through this I topic. It. I think it's so important. All right, you guys, that sums up today's episode. But between now and next episode, you know what I'm going to say. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening. 